last 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast series recaps. Your friendly neighborhood host, Bobby Blanco here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the show. We've got a quick two-game series to recap with the Nationals visiting the Tampa Bay Rays for an interleague matchup. Entering the series, the Nats were 24-32 and 32 on the season. Seven games back in the National League East of the Mets. Let's get a quick breakdown. The series got underway Tuesday night at the Trop after an off day on Monday for the Nationals. They had John Lester facing off against one of baseball's best in Tyler Glasnow. Lester lasted only three and two-third innings while giving up one run on 91 pitches, while Glasnow allowed just one run and struck out 11 over seven innings in a season-high 114 pitches. So on the face of it, there's no real shame in losing that one, which the Nationals did 3-1. to one. Maybe a little disappointing on Lester's side, but it's the way that the Nationals lost that added to this season's frustration and this team's narrative so far this season. Let's fast forward to the eighth inning where the Nationals found themselves down 3-1, to one, but in a position to either tie the game late or even take the lead. Bases loaded, one out, down two runs with their number four and five hitters due up. That's a situation any team would feel confident in their chances to make a game of it, except for these Nationals who once again could not convert with the bases loaded as Ryan Zimmerman and Josh Bell struck out on a combined seven pitches from Rays reliever Ryan Thompson. The Nationals' collective batting average with the bases loaded this season fell to 145, just eight hits in 55 at-bats. Though this was their best opportunity to cut into the Rays' lead, it wasn't their only one. In the seventh, they had a rally cut short when Bell was thrown out at home in a bang-bang play that was too close to call and couldn't be overturned after a Nats challenge. Bell noted after the game that if he were called safe on the field, they probably wouldn't have been able to overturn that call either. It was that close of a call, and Davey Martinez also backed up Bobby Henley's decision to send Bell in that situation. Meanwhile, for Lester, he gave up a leadoff home run to Manuel Margot to start this outing in the first, but didn't allow another run despite not completing four innings, though he did flirt with danger in each following inning with multiple runners on base. Glass now took the win. Wander Suero ended up with the loss, and Diego Castillo converted his 10th save of the season. One run, six hits, one error for the Nationals. Three runs, seven hits, one error for the Tampa Bay Rays. Kyle Schwarber went 0 for 3 with a walk and two strikeouts in the leadoff spot for David Martinez, while Bell collected the Nats' only extra base hit with his leadoff double in the seventh. Out of the bullpen, Wander Suero had maybe his toughest outing of the season, recording only one out of the four batters he faced, giving up two runs and two walks. But after that, Sam Clay, Ryan Harper, Tanner Rainey, and Paulo Espino put up zeros. Harper took Austin Voth's roster spot as he landed on the 10-day IL with a fractured nose after being hit in the face by a pitch on Sunday in Philly. Now needing a split on Wednesday night, the Nationals sent Patrick Corbin to the mound, still hoping for him to turn his season around. But once again, they had to work around a disastrous first inning from Corbin, even after he was handed a 2-0 lead. Juan Soto got the night started with a two-run home run off rookie starter Shane McClanahan, some nifty lefty-on-lefty action from Soto to give his team an early lead. Juan Soto, center field. Shot off the bat of Juan Soto. 
But then the Nats had to endure a brutal response by Corbin on the mound in the bottom of the first. Not being able to find the strike zone, Corbin issued three straight walks to open the inning. They would be lucky that Randy Orozarena only tied the game with a deep shot to center field as he stood there and admired his shot at home plate with the bases loaded and gave a look to his dugout, pimping what he thought was a grand slam, but turned out to only be a two-run single. So a slightly embarrassing moment there for the young star. But then the Rays would take the lead with a sacrifice fly to conclude the high-scoring first frame. And then despite not having a sharp slider and only getting 10 strikes out of 30 with the pitch, Corbin would end up putting up zeros over the next four frames, at least giving the Nats a chance with the lead. Ryan Zimmerman, starting at first base for the second straight night in the American League ballpark, hit his seventh homer of the season in the top of the third to tie the game at 3-3. Maybe adding those two numbers up to get to eight. Ryan Zimmerman, right field. At the wall, it's gone. Ryan Zimmerman's tied this game here in the top of the third inning. And then he connected again for his eighth homer in the fifth. This one, a two-run shot for a 5-3 lead. Ryan Zimmerman to left field. This ball is way gone. A two-run shot for Zim has given the Nats the lead here in the fifth. Now with the lead, Davey Martinez had to entrust his bullpen to lead them to victory, something they actually haven't been called upon to do too often lately. But Kyle Finnegan gave up a leadoff homer in the 7th, then Daniel Hudson gave up the game-tying homer in the 8th, and Brad Hand got out of a jam in the ninth to send the game into extras. With the automatic runner on 2nd to start the inning, the 10th started with Rays manager Kevin Cash intentionally walking Juan Soto to put two runners on. A Jan Gomes RBI single and Kyle Schrober's sack fly then gave the Nats a 7-5 lead. But back and forth we went as Brad Hand came on to close the victory. He gave up a leadoff triple to Arosa Reyna and an RBI single to Joey Wendell, and that game was tied again to send it into the 11th. This time, Starling Castro gave the lead right back to the Nats with a first pitch RBI double to start the inning, and then a Josh Harrison sack fly restored the two-run lead. And with Hudson in hand already spent from the bullpen, Davey Martinez had to turn to Tanner Rainey to record the last three outs, which, after a leadoff walk, he did to seal the 9-7 victory and record his first career save. Brad Hand earned the win. Castillo took the loss for the Rays. Nine runs, ten hits, one error for Washington. Seven runs, eight hits, one error for Tampa. Soto scored three runs with two RBIs and two walks in this one, leaving him with 10 runs scored, 11 RBIs, and 11 walks on this nine-game road trip. He's now just one of six players ever to post a 10-run, 10-RBI, 10-walk line in a road trip of fewer than 10 games, joining Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Frank Thomas, Julio Franco, and Mark McGuire. That's that courtesy of Dan Colco on Twitter. Zimmerman finished the game 2-for-4 with two runs scored and three RBIs, and Starlin Castro had a two-hit night with a game-winning RBI. And on the mound, Patrick Corbin finished with five innings, three hits, three runs, four walks, and three strikeouts on 93 pitches. The Nats are now 25-33 and 33 on the season, still seven games out of first place in the division behind the Mets, but now ahead of the Marlins by a half game. They are heading home to start an 11-game homestand with four games against the NL West leading Giants. Let's take a look at the opposite dugout. The San Francisco Giants are managed by Gabe Kapler in his second season at the helm. 
They went 29 and 31 last year, just missing out on the playoffs. He, of course, was the Phillies manager for the 2018 and 2019 seasons and was fired after collectively finishing two games under 500 in those two years. The Giants are now 38 and 23, first in the National League West, and they now own the best record in baseball with a 6.23 winning percentage. Over their last 10 games, they are 7 and 3 and have won 10 of their last 14 and have a plus 74 run differential which is second best in the National League and a 20 and 14 record on the road, which is fourth best in the majors. This is their first meeting against the Nationals this season. Of course, the two clubs did not play last year and the Nats won five of six games back in 2019. Pitching probables for this four game series. Thursday night starter Max Scherzer will take on Anthony Desclafani. 7.05 p.m. start on Masson. Friday night, Eric Fetty will probably make the start, although that's not official. That would be his return from the COVID injured list against uh, Kevin Gosman, who will start for the Giants. 7.05 start on Masson. Saturday night's game, Joe Ross will take on Johnny Cueto. That's a 7.15 p.m. start nationally televised on Fox. And then Sunday's series finale will be a matchup against two left-handers, John Lester and Alex Wood, 105 p.m. start on Masson. The Giants are hoping Kapler leads them back to the postseason for the first time since 2016 when they lost in the National League Division Series in four games to the eventual world champion Cubs. Of course, the Giants won three world championships over five seasons between 2010 and 2014, but they haven't had a record over 500 since that 2016 season. And now with a team that some people thought might need a total rebuild a couple of years ago, they've got a 94% chance to break that streak as one of the best teams in baseball with some familiar names and some newcomers leading the way. And leading the way offensively for baseball's version of the G-Men are faces of the franchise Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey. Crawford recently surpassed the franchise mark for the most games at shortstop in Giants history and leads the team with 14 home runs and 41 RBIs with an OPS over 900 Meanwhile, Posey is slashing 336, 411, and 577 for a 988 OPS with 10 homers and 22 RBIs, showing no signs of slowing down his Hall of Fame career. Posey is the first catcher to bat 330 or better with 10-plus homers over his first 40 games of a season since Joe Maurer did it over his 2009 MVP campaign. And while first baseman Brandon Belt has added 9 homers and 21 RBIs, the Giants will be without third baseman Evan Longoria and his 280 average 9 homers and 30 ribbies as he's on the IL with a left shoulder sprain. On the mound, Giants starters have the 4th best ERA in the majors at 311 and the 4th most quality starts with 27 since we have four starters to get through, all of whom are pretty familiar, I'll just run through their season marks and career numbers against the Nationals. Thursday starter Anthony Desclafani, who signed with the Giants this offseason, is 5-2 with a 3.51 ERA this season and 2-1 with a 3.55 ERA in eight games, five starts versus the Nationals. Friday night starter Kevin Gosman, the former Orioles pitcher, is 7-0 with the second-best ERA in the National League at 1.27. He's 5-2 with a 5-2-4 ERA in nine games, eight starts against the Nats. Saturday night starter, again, a Fox nationally broadcast game. Johnny Cueto will take the mound for the Giants. He is 4-2 with a 3-70 ERA over his 14th major league season. And over that long career, he's 7-4 with a 3-6-7 ERA in 12 starts against Washington. And Sunday afternoon finale starter left-hander Alex Wood is 5-3 with a 3.79 ERA over 10 starts this season and 5-4 with a 2.77 ERA in 13 starts 
against the Nationals. So some pretty tough pitching for the Nats this weekend, all with some history of success against the Nats bats. And then the strong pitching continues over to the bullpen where the Giants relievers own the fourth best ERA in the National League at 355. They've also converted the most saves in the majors and have posted the third best whip. Kapler has a couple of options to close out games in this pen with right-hander Tyler Rogers and left-hander Jake McGee. The submarine throwing Rogers has converted 8 of 12 save opportunities with a 1.71 ERA, while McGee has 12 saves and 14 chances with an ERA approaching 4. Nationals Park was opening at full capacity this weekend, so check out nationals.com for a full list of new protocols and such for your trip to the ballpark this weekend. Hopefully the weather holds up and you can get down to Nats Park to cheer on the Nationals. That's going to do it for this series recap. Be sure to tune in to the Giants series this weekend on Masson. And don't forget, Saturday night's game is a nationally televised broadcast on Fox. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Masson All Access Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And check out our live episodes, myself and Amy Jennings, every week. This past week, we discussed how the Nationals' bullpen is going through some ups and downs recently how they can correct this balancing act and perhaps get some help from the offense. Our next episode will come out next week, either Tuesday, probably Wednesday, though, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on the Mass and National social media accounts at Mass and Nationals across the board. And, of course, stick with Mark Zuckerman's coverage on MassAndSports.com. You can also give me a follow on Twitter at Bobby underscore Blanco. The next episode of Recaps will drop Monday, recapping this giant series, looking ahead to a three-game set against the Pirates next week. Until then, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you later. 